Hello everyone and welcome to the Artful Athlete podcast episode 113. My voice is kind of back. Like, can, can we appreciate just the, the, the difference? <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't happen very often for me to be ill to the point where my voice, my throat, everything goes away. But when it does happen, it does it in style. So I am celebrating that my voice is kind of back. I am nursing myself back to health as much as possible. I'm slowly getting to grip with my new audio recording material and I'm doing a lot of reflecting following the hurdles of a, let's call it a turbulent September that knocked me down quite abruptly. October so far has been pretty windy and temperamental weather-wise. And as usual for me, when that type of weather, that type of season comes a knock in, my mind wanders across the winds, the dancing leaves and the singing waves for inspiration and answers. On this little podcast adventure and offering, I've, I've shared quite a bit with you over the past couple of years. Uh, I've shared a lot of nuggets of voice, of emotional health, physical health and creative health knowledge. But I now find myself looking for my own creative drive again as well. Not that I haven't been creating at all over the past year. No, it's not the point. But I'm looking for the next level for me. I've been, I don't know if that's something that potentially could resonate with some of you. I've been feeling like I'm at a crossroad, like there's a choice that needs to happen, but I can't exactly see what the options actually are. My current reality feels, I don't know, um, outdated, like I don't quite belong to it anymore. And as a result, I'm kind of looking to connect with that next level, that next step. The one that, it seems, every part of my being, emotionally, spiritually, physically and creatively, is longing for. But life and my own experiences have taught me that, quite often, when you're feeling like this, there's more than just one step for you to do to get to that new level, to get to that new space. And so I would not be surprised if it was probably going to be a blend of a lot of different actions that will lead to that new level. Similarly to in video games, you know, you've got to solve all the puzzles, all the different riddles to unlock the secret chamber and the final boss before the next level is you and your resistance, I guess, your fears, the lessons you identified from your past experiences and all of that thinking and connecting and rambling on and chasing of new clouds, new horizon, all of this has an impact on the creative flow, my creative flow. And if it is something that you're resonating with, it, this is also having an impact on how you create, on how you give yourself to that creative energy and what you allow to come through. We could breathe through it. Now, that sounds like a nice thing. But it's not always enough and sometimes, I don't know about you, but I do get frustrated with breathwork and mindfulness practices, which I am fully aware is a bit 
weird maybe for me to say because that's kind of what I preach, you know, safety and performance, creative mindfulness, listening to the mind, the body, the the spirit, the creative spirit and giving yourself safely to creation. And a lot of the time I just get people to breathe and then we'll work on maybe energetic levels. Maybe we'll work on something that's just mechanical on the, the voicing part. Maybe we'll explore how you write, how you paint, whatever. But more often than not, I preach of mindfulness. And at times it's just, oh, it, you kind of don't want to hear that. Because it feels too passive. It doesn't resonate with your action-prone being. And sometimes you want to feel like you're actually putting in an effort, that there is something coming out of, of this, of this action. And right now, personally, I need more than just breathing for my own flow. So let's explore five ways to stimulate and feed your own creative flow. Number one, creative food. We could talk about nutrition because that would be an interesting conversation. I've already touched upon this particular topic over the past couple of years a few times, so I'll link the episodes related to that in the description box. When I talk of creative food, I mean things that feed your creativity. So, for example, it could be taking yourself on a creative date. Maybe there's an exhibition that could spark your interest. Maybe you want to go check out this play, this film. Maybe you want to see how, in this particular restaurant, they present uh, an onion soup. Because I have found that when I need inspiration, when I am trying either to kickstart a writing process or a creating process, I need to have been inspired beforehand. Not always, but when that happens, I find it helpful to let myself be surprised and to be touched by somebody else's creation. Whether it means going to explore and discover someone, something completely new that you've never seen before, or maybe revisiting somebody whose work has actually stirred something in you in the past. And speaking of past, transition to number two, visiting past creations. We got to where we are now for a reason. We have given birth to other creations in the past. Whether you started your creative practice three weeks ago, three years ago, 30 years ago, it doesn't really matter. What's important is that you have already journeyed, you have already facilitated a creative birth in your kitchen, with your pastels, in your writing. Allow yourself to go back to your previous work to see how you drew that sunset, how you presented that dish in your plate, how you maybe danced if you have any recordings of a movement practice that you do. Do not be scared to go back to have a look at the person you were, at the creator you were. It's not prideful to go and look at your own work. If anything, I would believe it to be essential because it allows for you to see the progress and maybe notice things you were not able to see back then when you first delivered it. 
Past creations are like old friends. Maybe you haven't seen them in a while and it's an opportunity to get back in touch to see where they're at, where you're at, and what type of magic is happening when you're both back in the same space. Number three, and this is a rule of improv, playing the game of and what. To be good at improvisation, you have to go with the flow. Literally, you just always answer yes and or and what, so that the story carries on. Maybe, you know, you started your journey as a tringum and you lived very happily in your little packet. And then what? One day, I fell. Me, the tringum, I fell out of somebody's pocket and I landed in a puddle. And what? And you'll never guess. There was a shark in the puddle. And what? And the shark looked at me and was confused because he'd never seen an unchewed tringum before and asked me what I was doing here or where I wanted to go. And what? And then I told the shark that all I really wanted was to go to the North Pole. And the shark went, well, that's convenient because I'm headed in that direction. And then what? And then the mushroom, the mushroom, the tringum goes on this wonderful adventure journey. This and what rule? In order for it to really work to your advantage, you have to let go of everything you know. We know for a fact sharks don't live in puddles. I stepped in a puddle not two days ago outside of my house. There was no shark there. I can see the bottom. There are no sharks. Even if it challenges or goes against everything you know, the aim is for the story to keep going. And for that, you don't have time to question things. So let yourself be carried by the first thing that pops into your head. Allow for yourself to go on a journey that's one of a kind and that will not have an expected trajectory. The story will naturally find its course and will naturally come to an end. Maybe the Twingham will end up at the North Pole and be the first of its kind and finally decide that he wants to live there and bring other Twingums to this part and becomes the coolest mint fresh gum there is in the world. End of story. Maybe that could be one of the outcomes. Maybe also uh, Tringum got eaten by the shark on the way there or, or became best buddy with a polar bear. Drop the mental part of things. Allow yourself to just respond to the first image, the first thought, the first stimulation that comes to mind. It's something I also recommend when it comes to building a listening practice. You know, if you're sat in a park somewhere, closing your eyes or not, you choose, listening to the first sound that comes to you. So maybe it's footsteps, it's somebody walking past the bench where you're on. And the steps fade away and there's another sound that comes in and your ear picks up on it. And so now you follow that sound and perhaps it's the sound of the wind in the trees that lead you to the sound of a car going away, to the sound of a child laughing, etc. Don't impose a narrative, just let the narrative come to you. And speaking of narrative, number four, setting the mood. I really believe that in order for creativity to feel welcome, in order for your flow to feel comfortable, you know, you need to give it some mood lighting. Maybe have a candle. Maybe you need a glass of something. 
Maybe you need a certain type of music playing in the background. Maybe the best mood for you is at eight or nine o'clock at night when it's the evening and we're starting to wind down. Maybe the best time of day, the best mood of the day for you is at 2 p.m. after lunch when you're reflecting on what you've eaten and you're just sitting there content. So set the mood. For me, for example, I am an evening creator at the moment. I like to have my special lighting, which is not that special. I just have one dimmer light because I like a cozy atmosphere and I'll listen maybe to a couple of musics or look for ambient tracks on YouTube that I can have in the background that help summon the universe that I want to immerse myself in in this moment. And then tying in with point one, creative food, this also helps fuel and stimulate my imagination. And then I feel comfortable, creativity feels comfortable, and together we have a lovely time. Number five, call a friend. Call a creative friend and just talk about life. Talk about, ask them, don't even talk, ask them about their day. Ask them about their latest creation. Or maybe you've already seen their latest creation. Reflect together on what you've noticed in this drawing. How different it felt for you, if it felt different. Feed each other, give each other feedback. Because that's also how you grow creatively. By being able to exchange and talk about creativity freely, that is how creativity will always feel welcome and come back. I hope these little nuggets of advice will help you take a step back and fall in love with your creative flow again. Take your creativity on a date. Take your time. Be playful. Everything you'll decide to do in your creative moment is technically the right thing because it's your process. And only you know how doing this or that will make you feel. I'm going to follow my own counsel now and fuel my heart with some inspiration. Have a lovely week. Wear a scarf. Do not do what I did. Wear a scarf and cover your throat and get all the tea in you and all the right spices and the ginger and the soup and enjoy this autumnal transition. Much love to you all and I'll speak to you soon.